Welcome to Success the Last, a podcast that honestly explores the complicated topic of success. I'm your host, Jared Siegel. I'm a partner at DeLap and leader of our wealth advisory practice. During each episode, we're going to talk to a business owner, entrepreneur, real estate investor, or industry thought leader about their own experiences, insights, and observations as it pertains to life, business, finances, and ultimately fulfillment. Candidly, it can be lonely at the top. Our desire is to use this podcast to connect you with the ideas and resources so you can be better equipped to make more predictable, profitable, and rewarding decisions as you juggle the competing priorities of life, business, and money. Keep in mind, this is a podcast. It's not meant to be a replacement for your CPA or financial advisor, so be sure to check with the appropriate professionals before implementing any of the ideas. Welcome back to another episode of Success That Lasts. We're going to mix it up again a little bit today, and I'm flying solo, and I'm going to freestyle a little bit. wanted to start with a quote to kind of kick things off, and we'll just kind of see where it goes. So the quote goes like this, life is a matter of choices, and every choice you make makes you. That was by John Maxwell, and I kind of wanted to reflect upon that. What choices did you make today? Think about it. Dig a little deeper now. What choices did you really make today, but you're quasi unaware that you actually made? Psychologists have estimated that on average, an adult makes 35,000 decisions each day. Each decision, of course, carries certain consequences. Some of them are good. Some of them are bad. What's interesting, though, is each choice consumes a resource. Probably no resource is more important than our time. It's a finite resource. And time's the only asset that you really can't grow. It actually kind of reminds me of a quote from one of my favorite books, Essentialism, by Greg McEwen. And he said something like this, if you don't prioritize your life, somebody else will. And think about the profound implications of that. If you don't prioritize your life, somebody else will. So how do we prioritize our life? What does that actually look like when we put it into practice? What would be the evidence of our intentionality if you looked at our calendar? The proof, so to speak. I certainly am not an expert in the topic, but I do profess to care immensely about it. And I've been wrestling with it for the better part of 10 years. So I wanted to take some time to share with you some of the insights and lessons that I've learned over the past decade as I've tried to prioritize my life to better reflect my values and to deliver a little more purpose to how I allocate my time on a daily basis. So I mentioned it before, but a couple of years ago, I went through a facilitated personal strategic action planning process. And what I thought was really interesting about that process was it really started with perspective before we started planning. And the coach called it perspective-driven planning. That allowed me to see the whole picture, who I really was, spiritually, emotionally, physically, and intellectually. And then ultimately, I got the opportunity to inventory how I wanted to show up across all the different audiences, so to speak, of my life? How did I want to show up for my family, my work, my community? And the process was wonderful because it helped me seek truth, both of what is currently true, but more importantly, what is an emerging truth. And it helped me create a cadence to this planning rhythm, perspective, plan, manage, and renew. What's been so helpful about that process and that overall experience is knowing what really matters most to me really clarified things. It's enabled me to use filters or tools like must, should, could, and won't when I'm thinking about what makes it onto my calendar on a daily basis, 
what's going to be my focus for the particular day. And so that aspect of starting with perspective before we started planning has been really transformative and a core conviction as I enter in planning conversations with the clients that we get the opportunity to work with. Another insight that I gleaned from this whole personal strategic planning process that has informed my convictions as I enter into some of these planning conversations today is actually pretty similar to what Simon Sinek talked about years ago when he did his TED Talk on the Golden Circle, Start With Why. It's far too easy to start with what or how, but if we can start with why, we get to better answers and better outcomes. So when we start with strategy, it's simply wrong. And the personal strategic planning process really started with my core identity and a discovery process around that. And as I gained clarity around my identity, it ultimately informed my purpose. Why do I exist? And that informed my calling. What am I supposed to do? And that informed my vision. Where am I heading? And then, and only then, did I begin to devise specific strategies that I could execute that would show up in my calendar on a daily, weekly, quarterly basis. Okay, before you check out on me because the topic's a little bit too corny or hokey for you, let me share my conviction on why I wanted to bring it to you today. At Delap, we have the opportunity or the privilege to work with some incredible clients. They're amazing. However, as I was reflecting upon it and really thinking about who they are, they have so many options of things that they could do going forward. However, a process like this would enable our clients to gain incredible clarity on their gifting, their values, kind of unique burdens that are specific to them, ultimately allowing them the peace of mind to say no to things they could do in order to say yes to the things that they must do. Talented people can often become affluent, and affluent people often are given incredible choices. And in an earlier episode, we talked to Dr. Moira Summers, neuropsychologist, about the paradox of choice, how too many choices can actually be paralyzing, overwhelming, and be a real stimulus for stress. So it gets us back to what we just mentioned earlier. Knowing what really matters to you can clarify and simplify so many of the choices that we're forced to make on a daily basis. So let's move past the conceptual to something a little bit more tangible. Let's talk some brass tacks here. As I approach Q4, how does this actually influence the way that I'm thinking about my Q4 focus and what's going to make it onto my calendar? So obviously, you're all probably incredibly familiar with business planning or marketing planning, maybe financial planning. So I'm not going to talk about that necessarily, but I'm going to talk about some other key categories of my life and how it shows up on my calendar. So right now, I have a life replenishment cycle. So that's one of my strategies. What refills me? I'm going to dig into that a little bit more in a second. And beyond a life replenishment strategy, I have a family engagement plan. My marriage is important to me. The relationship that I have with my kids is important to me. The relationship that I have with my siblings is important to me. And so I have an engagement plan there. Work obviously fills up a lot of my time. And so beyond just the execution of the strategic initiatives, I want to find joy, purpose, and meaning in it. And so I have a vocational optimization plan. And so there's specific activities that I've identified will create meaning and fulfillment within the role that I have within our organization. And then on a monthly basis, I have a calendar and margin audit. So I sit down for one to two hours and I look at what my goals were for the month or the quarter. And then I evaluate kind of an audit, essentially, how did I do against the key goals, key outcomes, key result 
areas that I had identified across all of these different plans, and they help inform changes or modifications that I need to make in the weeks or months ahead. So digging a little bit deeper and in the spirit of some vulnerability, I'll kind of help unpack one of these particular strategies. So my life replenishment strategy, essentially what refills me. So for me, physical activity gives me energy. And so five days a week, I'm working out. Sleep is mission critical for all of us. At a minimum, I need seven hours of sleep a night. Rich content, new ideas, things that are thought-provoking, intellectually kind of working me out, gives me energy. And so for two to three hours a week, I have a goal of consuming rich content and ideas. And so that's why I am such an avid reader. Deep, meaningful conversations, emotional return, so to speak. I find incredible energy and deep, meaningful conversations. And what's cool is day in, day out, the client conversations that I get to have are often satiating that need for meaningful conversations. And then ultimately, some level of solitude. So 60 minutes a week of solitude is what I need. And so whether that's on a jog or on a walk or something like that, just a little time to be alone, to be with my thoughts and process. In aggregate, this is essentially my life replenishment cycle. And it's part of my overall strategy as I go into each new quarter. And from time to time, I look at the various strategies and the tactics within those strategies, and I might make some edits or modifications, trim something that's not working as well as it once did, or might add something that I've previously overlooked. So by no means are these plans comprehensive. Your own plan might look a little bit different. I've been in client conversations where the marriage might be struggling a little bit, And so rather than it being a life replenishment cycle, it could be a marital replenishment cycle. What are some of the things that you can do on a daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, even annual basis that creates some marital unity for you and your spouse? So again, it's not a one size fits all. Each of us evaluate life differently, prioritize things differently. But if we can be intentional and prioritize our life, it ensures that it's our priorities versus somebody else's. So I'm a big fan of moving past activity to achievement, hopefully the right achievement. So I've looked at a lot of different ways to implement this planning effectively within my life. And again, I fail just as much as I succeed in it. But as I've continued to build, measure, learn, and adapt in this planning process, I've stumbled into a tool that's worked really well for me. Michael Hyatt is an author and uh, content creator, but he created this tool that I found really helpful. It's called the Full Focus Planner. And what I love about it is it accounts for all the different categories in life that might not be just professional or financial. It it makes space for all the important things in life that can't necessarily be measured in a spreadsheet. And so Michael starts with kind of annual goals and it works through this funnel process essentially to look at quarterly, what are we focused on? Monthly, what are we focused on? Weekly, what are we focused on? And then leaves us with a daily calendar. And so that process of organizing to-dos and projects, priorities, and calendar, it's a way to tangibly translate our plan into a document. And so obviously I have digital tools that support me, but having something that's analog, something that I can write fully engages me in the process. When I transcribe my calendar into the journal on a daily basis, usually the night ahead of time, it helps me create a little bit more ownership of around my calendar and the activity of writing it down, I filter it through the must, should, could. There's things that I must do on a daily basis that I could never, ever delegate. And there's things that I should do. And then there's those things that I could do. And when I get those things wrong, 
when the too many coulds make it onto the calendar and at the expense of knocking out or executing the musts, that's where I have stress in my life. It's where I have burden in my life. And so that process has been really helpful to me. So again, if this is of interest to you, be sure to check out Michael Hyatt's Full Focus Planner. Again, just a tool that's worked really well for me. And as in anything, we're fiduciaries here. So we have no connection to Michael other than finding his tools to be helpful. So hopefully that's something that you find valuable as well. So I'm recording this on a Friday here in Oregon, in the midst of all these fires that we've had all throughout the entire state. Communities all around the region have been ravaged by these fires. So hopefully the rain that we're getting right now is helpful, but it's just a reminder that you know, there's a lot of adversity right now. The 2020 has been a wacky, wacky year. And we just hope that your family's doing all right. We hope that your businesses are doing real well, fighting a good fight and staying alive because I think 2020 is going to be a great year. Those that persevere are going to come out of this thing stronger, better, more efficient than ever before. So Again, as I was saying, it's a Friday, so this Friday freestyle is kind of running out of momentum, and I respect your time too much to keep riffing here. So we've got some phenomenal guests here scheduled in the podcast in the weeks to come, so be sure to check those out. And until next time, be well.